The following episode was recorded unscripted, unedited, and for mature audiences only. Hey, what's up? I'm Adam Adam, and welcome back to another episode of Modern Magical Meddling. We are live on YouTube, as always, and the chat is happening. Thank you guys all so much for the uh, anniversary uh, love out there. Today uh, is October 15th that we're recording this, and Dustin and I have been together officially for 10 years today. So today, um, 10 years ago, was the day we decided to let everybody know that we were dating. That was the day that we became, like, official Facebook for. Oh, no. Today was the day that we became Facebook friends. Um, and then we just... We had already been hanging out for a couple days. Um, and we kind of jumped into it really, really fast. We started spending a lot of time together really quickly. And... Um, yeah, we just we, people were like every everyone on both sides of our uh social circles, his side and my side, everybody was like you guys don't even know each other, you know? Like they were very skeptical about us. I guess both of us had been around. I know I had been around, let's be real. Um I'd been around. I dated everybody. I dated anything that moved um back in the day. So, um so yeah, we just started spending all of our time together, and then suddenly I was, uh, we lived like uh, 45 minutes apart from each other. I'm just going to tell the story. I'm just going to fucking start at the beginning, honestly. It's our anniversary. Today's the day. A lot of people ask. There's a lot of new people that listen to this podcast. So if, if I have, I'm sure I told the story in season one, but season two, let's talk about it. So me and Dustin met, um, Dustin's from the uh, Newport Ritchie, Florida area. So, um, I lived out there in the Hernando and Pasco County area. That's where my mom is from. That's where I went to high school, um, uh, sophomore to senior year. I went to high school in the Spring Hill area. And, um, so Dustin and I had a lot of similar friends in common, but we had never actually met each other. We had a lot of mutual friends, but we had never met. So, um, Dustin and I, uh, met when I was go-go dancing at a, at the local gay establishment. So I was a go-go dancer, had been for a very long time. When I was in between jobs or when I needed extra money or I was waiting tables and stuff like that, I was also a go-go dancer on the side at gay bars. So, you know, very classic underwear, combat boots, that kind of thing, harness, whatever. Very, very nudie guys put tips in your underwear, that kind of thing. I did that for a long time. I did that for like years in my late teens, early twenties. Um, so when I met Dustin, I mean, I must've been 25 cause I'm 35 now. So when I met Dustin, I was still go-go dancing and, um, I was at a local bar that I had basically, um, kind of become, um, like, I don't know, like a, sh- a show director, whatever you want to call it. Um, I kind of became like a show director and I was in charge of a lot of the production numbers that the drag queens were doing. I was in charge of like putting party themes together for the event. Oh, what's the theme this weekend? The theme this weekend is like cops and robbers or a black and white party. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to come up with ideas and themes and stuff. So obviously it's October. It was Halloween season and I had just moved back from uh, living with a guy in Alabama and some other places uh, that I traveled around with him. And uh, so I just got back 
And when I got back, I met a guy and started working at this bar. And that's when I developed my crystal meth addiction because the guy I was dating before Dustin, um, he was a very aggressive addict. And I was one of those very sympathetic enablers that was like, oh, well, you shouldn't do this. And they're like, I'm going to do it with or without you. And I'm like, well, I, you know, well, I want to do it with you then. So I got an addiction to spend time with him, basically. Um, So very toxic, not cute, not fun. So I met Dustin when I was on the other side of all of that. Um, It was Halloween season. I had just come back from my addiction. I had just moved back into the area again um, and got a job and all of that. Um, So I got a job at the bar and I was putting on an annual production of Thriller, basically, where I kind of did a uh, a kind of gender bend uh, androgynous Michael Jackson, I guess, because Michael was male. So but I did like a androgynous kind of uh, Michael Jackson thing. So I put on an annual production of Thriller. I was Michael and the drag queens were all zombies. And there just weren't enough drag queens for me to have this big production that I wanted and having multiple, you know, it's Thriller supposed to be pretty big. You know, when I did it in Alabama, at the Vu Carre, it was it was huge. There was a shit ton of queens. It was big. They came out of the audience. It was awesome. So, uh, so for this, I needed more dancers. And Dustin apparently was a patron of the bar, and um, I worked at the bar with the drag queens in the back and all that stuff. So I was dancing on my box one evening, and um, I guess this week, 10 years ago, this past weekend, 10 years ago, I was dancing on my box and the head queen came up to me and she was like, hey, you said you need dancers, right? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, here, this is Dustin. Talk to him about the production. He's interested. And I was like, is he interested or is he just drunk? You know what I'm saying? Because people just say that they're, you know, (laughs) people just say, yeah, sure. And it's like you were drinking. Um, So I remember looking down because I was on my box and I was above him physically elevated and I looked down at him and he looked up at me and we both looked at each other with faces like, okay, you know, like both of us looked at each other very like non-impressed. It wasn't like love at first sight. It was not like that. We were like, okay. Apparently, according to Dustin, he looked at me and he was like, he was like, okay, who is this boy that thinks he's a dancer? Because Dustin's a technically trained uh, dancer since he was 13. So he looked at me with kind of some disdain and I looked at him like, who are you? You, I work here. You're a patron. And, uh, so eventually, uh, we talked about it and I was like, yeah, I need backup dancers. I'm going to teach you guys thriller. And he was like, yeah, cool. Sounds fun. Why not? Give it a try. So apparently according to him, he didn't have very much hope. (laughs) He wasn't expecting much. Um, by way of what I was going to be teaching him because he's a technically trained dancer and I'm just some go-go boy. So what's he going to get, you know, from me? So he's apparently showed up at rehearsal and he was impressed that I taught actual choreography. I actually broke down Thriller into eight counts, learned the choreo myself and taught it to them and the drag queens. So, um, so yeah, so Dustin showed up to rehearsal and uh, apparently was impressed by my, creativity and my dancing ability and you know in the light of day in sober we looked at each other a little differently like oh you know and uh so rehearsal happened I was very much on my sober journey and just not trying to you know I wasn't trying to date anybody wasn't trying to do anything more than just kind of fuck around every now and then to you know loosen up (laughs) and um so I wasn't really dating. I wasn't letting anybody stay over. I was minding myself and, and focusing on me. 
and uh, he uh, he asked me to go to lunch with him to Panera, and he was going to bring a friend with him as well as kind of like a buffer so that it wouldn't be like a date or anything. But he was like, hey, we're going to go get some lunch after rehearsal if you want to come. I'd love to get to know you. And I was like, sure, I have no other plans today. Why not? So we went and got lunch. Then we went to a spirit Halloween, and he jump-scared me, and I jumped, like, 10 feet in the air, and apparently that was when he knew he liked me. And then I, we went to the mall, and we went shopping for high heels together because I needed new boots for the, for, the, for the club. So, yeah. So that's how we met. That's how it all started. And then we started hanging out after that. Um, after that day, he came back to rehearsal, and then he came over to my house. We started talking, and we did that thing where we were trying to impress each other, you know, and showing each other YouTube videos of our work, and... That kind of thing and stayed up talking till like 6 a.m. And then the next day at the next rehearsal, um, I, uh, I started calling him babe in front of people. So it was like we had, we had hung out maybe for like three days and we come back to rehearsal and I moved him to the front because he's a good dancer. But I also started calling him Babe. And I was like, Babe, can you come up to the front, please? I want to keep you up here so you can, so everybody can kind of follow you. And everybody was like, oh, Babe? Oh, up front? Oh, favoritism, Adam? And I was like, no. I was like, he's actually genuinely talented, and we are kind of hitting it off, but those things aren't related, you know? So we started being together a lot. I worked at this restaurant that was really too far from me and him. So I quit that job um, and started spending time with him at his apartment. His roommate got frustrated because I wasn't paying rent. She was moving out anyway. So she moved out. I stayed. And then um, we'd just been living together ever since. And I got a job around him. And we started doing the backup dancing stuff together at the club. We started choreographing together and doing, like, every drag queen had to have at least one number with us. So Because we were trying to do more than just have, like, a drag show. We wanted to have, like, production, you know, like, bigger numbers and, and stuff like that. So, um, so me and Dustin started having a rehearsal one day, Wednesdays, every week, were rehearsals with the drag queens. They picked the song. We came up with the choreo. We came up with themes and dances and taught them choreo and stuff like that. Um, so we got we worked together for a while at the club and and uh, kind of developed this, like, androgynous club kid persona. Um, we called ourselves Rebellatrix, um, which was really fun. And um, so, yeah, we did that for a while in the very beginning stage of our relationship. And then... Uh, that's when we lived in the, uh, Clearwater area, actually, because we traveled to the bar. Um, so yeah, we did that for a while and we moved around the, uh, the Florida State area. Now we're in Orlando. Um, Dustin's always been a dancer and, um, I've always been a kind of customer service person. And then the pandemic happened and everything went to hell and we were like, who the fuck are we and what are we doing? And... I remember that was the first time Dustin looked me in the face and he was like, I want my husband back. Like, I don't like this person. I don't like you when you're not happy, when you're not healthy, when you're, you know, depressed and you, you're like, I was a mess during the pandemic and Dustin really pulled me through a lot of that. So, um, so yeah, that's how we met. It was, uh, very random, right place, right time energy. I was off the market. I was not looking, I was not interested um, and we at first did not have a great impression of each other. So 10 years, 10 years now. And I cannot think of anyone else I would rather 
spend that kind of time with. Dustin's my best friend. Yeah. So, lots changed in 10 years, honestly. The way jealousy kind of ebbs and flows and falls off, you know? Um, I used to be very possessive when it came to relationships and stuff like that. And now I'm now I'm just not. It's we're we've been together so long and we get each other so much that it's like, you know, we do this we do this thing where we check out people in public. You know, we're both into the same thing. So we're both into guys, we're into similar kinds of guys and and we check them out in public together. We have a code word, which I don't know if, I mean, it's fine. I can share that with you guys. Um, But we have a code word whenever we see a guy that we think is hot. We don't, we don't want to, we don't want it to be too obvious. You know, you don't want to say like bananas because it's like bananas or dicks and whatever. You don't want to be like that. So whenever we see a hot guy in public, uh, we both like hit each other and we're like, oh my God, babe, shenanigans. (laughs) So the code word for an attractive person in public is uh, shenanigans. So whenever we see someone, uh, a hot guy will walk by. And often it's when we both see a guy at the same time and we both kind of follow it. And then we look at each other and we're like, shenanigans, you know, like, oh, my God. So, so, yeah, it's fun. Our relationship is a lot of fun. And, you know, I got Dustin into a lot of pop culture. Before he met me, it was all dance moms, dance this, dance that, dance everything. Um so it's uh it's I got him into a lot of pop culture. Dustin dressed up for midnight showings of Star Wars with me. Uh he cosplayed with me. Um yeah, it's we've we've really brought a lot to each other's life. And even though he's the Leo and I'm the Pisces, he says that I like calmed him down and I really think he like toughened me up, you know? So ebbs and flows. But anyway, that's enough of that. Um, so yeah, Dustin and I have been together for 10 years now. Yeah. You guys have a code word for when the other one is getting extra. It is very helpful. Yes, indeed. It, there's it, Having code words is a good neutrality, I think. Um, we did, We started doing that for my anxiety during the pandemic, where it would be like, you know... Uh, he would ask me, like, when I would be disassociating and zoning out and kind of seeming to spiral, I had a code word for him that I felt like I was underwater. So I would say, like, I'm drowning, you know? So I would say, he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm drowning. So it's like, I feel like I can't breathe. I'm having an anxiety attack. I need to get the fuck out of here. So we had to dis- we had to differentiate between, like, me having a genuine anxiety attack or am I just, like, not having it right now, you know? So having code words, I think, is is good for relationships just because, you know, sometimes it's embarrassing. Sometimes it's embarrassing and, and you don't always want to tell people that, you know, you're in a bad mental place or, you know, Hey, I need to leave, you know, like Molly said here, my husband and I have a code word if that we use, if we're getting, if we're at a gathering and one of us is ready to leave. Yes, 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 yes. We had one of those too. Um, But Dustin had to ask me, like, are you drowning or are you just uncomfortable? And I'm like, ooh, yes, I'm actually just really uncomfortable. And he was like, okay, cool. Well, why don't we take a deep breath together? Look at me. Focus on me. Take a breath. We can leave the building. We can come back. Doesn't matter. Everything's fine. You know? So it's really nice to have some code words. And and the one that we use the most is shenanigans. Because that's, that's our code word for a hot person that we like to... Um, yeah, 
<laughs> to 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 notice that together. But uh, when we want to leave, it was like, oh, the dogs, though. We'd start talking about the dogs, and then we bring them up um, a lot. And we're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we got to get home for the dogs. You know, we're, oh, I'm actually kind of getting tired. And it's like, oh, that's the cue. Um, get me out and uncomfy. This difference, yeah, separating... Um, get me out of here and I'm just uncomfortable is good. Yes. So we know the severity of it. Like, do we need to go home or do we just need to like give you a minute and then we can stay here? Because as, as an anxious person, right, I don't want to end the event. I don't want, that gives me more fucking anxiety thinking that like everything is changing because of me. So I would rather just sit there and take it and dig my nails into my leg. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, it's, it's. It's kind of like if you're getting a haircut and you don't want to speak up to the person cutting your hair, you know, because you're sitting there and you don't want to deal with the awkward interactions. You just let them give you a bad haircut. See, and for me, though, also, I'm blind, so I don't wear glasses for funsies. I can't fucking see. You know, so whenever I take my glasses off and I get a shitty haircut and I put the glasses on, they're like, why didn't you tell me? I can't see. But anyway... Yeah, I don't want to be the reason that the plans change. But let me have my time. You know, let me have my moment. Yes, right? The vicious cycle of being anxious about being anxious. You know? I swear to God, I always feel like I'm forgetting something. I always feel like I'm forgetting something. So yeah, code words. I think it's important to have a language. And they're often normally like inside jokes. It's like when Dustin describes something or a person or something he's seen. And he's like, oh, you know, it's like that thing from that movie we saw. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Sigourney Weaver and what's his face? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a it's important to have your own language. Um, yeah, right. The anxiety bit, though, like that's it's I feel the same way. My anxiety is that way where I just sit there and take it. I immediately feel guilty and want to say I'm sorry and that it's OK when it's not for me. Yep. 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 I feel you. But and that's why, again, I think having code words and having conversations about these things is is very important in relationships. So um, what is the someone asked me in uh, a message on my Instagram when I shared Dustin's lovely video he made that kind of broke me down a little bit, made me cry to see 10 years of photos of me and him and the evolution of our appearance and, and all of that. One of the one of the photos we're wearing masks and we're at Universal and it's dead. And I'm like, what is that? And he was like, that was in the middle of the pandemic when Universal opened up and we could do six feet apart. And during that year, they had haunted houses in the middle of the day. They had two houses that you could go to in the middle of the day um, during the pandemic to get people to the park and get people in the building. And it was dead. There was no one ever there. So we did it all the time. Um, so, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's someone on my message uh, and my DMs on Instagram asked me if I had any advice or what the secret or, or what I've learned, you know, all those classic, what's the secret to 10 years or whatever. Um, and there's a couple things I'll say about that. Um, one... We, we both had to learn that we have no control over each other. None. Zero. You have no control over that person at all. You can't make them stay. You can't make them love you. You can guilt the house down. Guilt is like the most 
probably common courtesy in, in, in long-term relationships is negotiation via guilt. Um, but, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, you have no control. You know, there was a couple, we used to fight a lot in the first two years of our relationship. People didn't think we would be together, um, or that we were just staying together for funsies. Um, but we used to fight a lot and, um, we just had to learn how to fight. We just didn't know how to communicate. I'm very whimsical and, Dustin's very forward. Dustin's very blunt. And he's like, this is how I feel. Deal with it. I'm, I, I feel like I'm very emotional and sensitive. And Dustin has like the emotional density of a spoon. You know, how he feels is how he feels. It's not very deep. It's just like, this is how I feel. If I'm upset, I'm upset. You know, it doesn't have like allegories or adjectives or, you know, it doesn't have, <laughs> it doesn't have color around it. It's just is, you know, um, so learning to communicate properly was a big part of it, but also knowing that you have no control over that person, you can't make anyone do anything. And we got into a couple of pretty aggressive fights um, during the meat of our relationship, and there was one circumstance where I was leaving, and I said I was leaving, and there were ultimatums that I gave him, and I was like, listen, I can't keep doing this, this is the way it is, if you can't do that fuck you. And he was like, no, you'll stay. And I was like, no, I won't. And like started getting my shit together. And he realized that he has no control over me. And then the same thing, vice versa. We had a circumstance where I, he made me feel that way, where I had to, I had to remember, fuck, I can't control him at all. I can't make him stay. There's nothing here, you know? So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, communication, learning to argue properly listening to the person and just trying to prioritize that person's joy, letting them be happy. You have to choose each other. Absolutely. We choose each other. And in a way that like, whatever you do is, is up to you. Okay. If you want to blow money on something that's on you. Yes, it's our money, but like, should I have to deal with the repercussions of your mistakes? No, but we're best friends and that's what we do, you know? So if you fuck something up, look at you and be like, okay, how are you fixing this? I can help. You know what I'm saying? Like that's to me, that's what love is. It's like choosing to be there. So yeah, that's really all I can think of, at least off the top of my head, but just kind of letting the person be you know, letting them exist and be themselves and accepting them for who they are. That's all you can really do. So, and I know it sounds cliche, but don't go looking for it. Don't, you know, let love come to you. It'll happen. Reasons and seasons, my friends. All right. So when we get into these emails, before we do, I wanted to let you guys know something. We are on season two, episode 18 of the podcast. And I don't know if you've been watching the lives I've done recently, but I've said it a couple times. Um, I am, uh, we're going to be capping season two at 20 episodes. So that means this episode and two others. Um, the last week, the last Sunday of the month, I'm going to be at Spooky Empire. So I'm not going to be recording a podcast that day. Um, so this week, next week, and then two weeks from then is the last, I believe it's the fifth is going to be the last episode that we recorded this season. And it's not, uh, the podcast isn't going away. We're just closing out the season. We're going to bring it back in the new year. I just think it's important to edit down before you, you know, take on more things. Um, also, 
classes coming up this week. My tarot class is still available for sign up. Okay. <laughs> My tarot class is still available for sign up Tuesday night and uh, Saturday. There's a morning and an afternoon. Very excited. Um, tarot 101, very intro, very good way to get started. So yeah. Um, so that'll be, that's coming on this week. The podcast is going to be capping at 20 episodes. Um, thank you guys so much. Those of you that have been helping me uh, with the whole face of horror thing, I did end up coming in second place in the last round, but now there's like a quote unquote reanimator round where you can, um, all the second place people get a chance to come back. So I'm currently in that right now and I'm still in the running. I think I'm winning that one. So vote as much as you can, as often as you see it. It's at least for, I think today's actually the last day for this round. So if you're watching this live or you're listening to it after Sunday, don't worry about it. Um, thank you, Molly, for checking still in first. Very good. So we'll know later today how that went. Um, and then uh, before we get to emails, I just wanted to tell you guys about date night last night. Me and Dustin, since it was you know our anniversaries today, uh, we got tickets to this immersive theater show. Yeah, out here in Orlando, the the Renaissance Theater does these fabulous productions. And Dustin went to one with a friend that was like very disco themed, very toot toot beep beep. And you got to get on stage and dance. And it was like Club 54 or whatever, the, you know, Studio 54, that kind of thing. Um, so he got to do that uh, a few months ago. So for Halloween this year, uh, you know, this month, they, they've been putting on this show called Nosferatu, which is obviously a vampire thing. But basically, it is immersive theater. So here's what happens, right? I don't know how else to explain it other than, like, telling you what happened, right? So the moment you get there, um, you're, you walk into, there's a bar and everything, there's drinks, it's the whole thing. So you go in there, and there's this big, long wide table that's obviously like a stage. It's very much giving medieval times. We're on either opposite sides of this long uh, stage, right? This long dinner table-esque kind of stage. So it's obvious that it's a table. There's like chairs on either end of it. There's a plate and a cup. And so there's food and everything on the table as well. It's very minimal, but it's like on the ends. So Basically, you, the viewer, have been invited to the annual summit of this vampire coven that is comprised of, like, seven ancient vampires, okay? Um, so, like, Dracula, um, there's, like, a Celtic woman, there's uh, Lilith, um, uh, and all of that. So, all these different ancient vampires... They talk about the last voyage of the Demeter and stuff like that and everything. So basically, you sit there and they invite this guy, a mortal, William, um, who's at one end of the table. And then at the other end of the table, there's this um, kind of Frankenfurter, Sam Smith kind of... Um, queer they them vampire that comes in and they have a very, like, Tim Curry sounding, you know air to them um and they've got this long drapey very gorgeous fun super cool queer vampire thing so basically the mortal has been invited to represent mortals um in considering joining the coven like do you want to join the coven or do you want us to just eat you you know what i'm saying what do you want you are representing all mortals should we you know expose ourselves to your kind or should we let you in you know um so you watch on either side of this table 
you watch um, on the table, obviously it's a stage and there's a lot of dancing, there's a lot of movement, but they're basically telling the story of the Nosferatu. They're telling the story of vampirism from the roots of Adam and Eve all the way to like Dracula to the now, right? And into our main character's personal story, right? Which has this kind of, you know, Transylvania, Frankenfurter kind of vibe where he like turned a guy. So he made a monster and then the monster turned on him. Very, you know, very, um, very Rocky Horror. Um, so anyway, so as soon as they're done, right, he tells you, uh, so he says it's time. And then like everyone goes away into, a, into another room and we, the audience, follow them. So we get up and we go into another room and it's this like big ballroom area and all the vampires and the dancers, they're all like waltzing together and like, you know, having this vampire ball. So they introduce the court of like ancient vampires. They all come down this grand staircase and we're all standing around. We're all standing around them. It's not seated. You're standing. So we're standing around like we're in this vampire coven watching all this shit happen. Very cool. Super immersive in that you get to walk around and be in it, right? So we're in this big ballroom. They're all dancing around and stuff. And then we're, we're standing semicircle around them. Um, and of course, you know, when the dancers are like in front of you, like one of them, like went from Dustin's foot all the way up to his face and like, you know, hissed at him kind of sexily, you know what I'm saying? So it was all very sexy. Oh, in the very beginning, like, before you even leave that room, when you're in the dining room, he shows him, like, oh, do you want to know about vampires, huh? And they bring in a girl and put her on the table, and he feeds on her. Now, the thing with it is that she is fully naked. Fully naked. So, she's got, like, a fake, like, IV thing on her wrist and an IV cable that's got blood in it, right? And he grabs the cord and, like, sucks on the straw from the IV. And she's, like, you know, writhing around and everything. But she's fully naked. And then he, like, bites her. And then she turns into a vampire and tries to attack the human. But they pick her up and they starfish her and spin her around. And you see every nook and cranny on that girl. And I was like, ooh, art. You know? Like... This is theater. This is art. You know, we're all a little uncomfortable. We all can see that she's naked, but like, we're not phased. We're like, ah, yes, vampirism, you know? So, um, so yeah, so that was in that one room. But then you go to the ballroom. We're all standing around in a circle and they're dancing together. They introduce the court of all of the vampires and, um, and they give him a, they give him a choice. They were like, oh, um, we want you to go and experience our coven. Linger. Don't linger, stay, don't stay, whatever you want to do. But at the end of this night, you will decide. And, and then the main character looks at all of us and he says, go, experience my coven. Kind of telling us the rules and stuff and like, don't touch anybody. Our, my vampires are very friendly. You might see things. Don't speak. You were to speak when spoken to. You are here as meat. You are here as guests. You are prey. So if you want to survive this, you speak when you're spoken to. You do what you're told. And we're like, oh, shit, you know. So then he leaves and he turns, turns back around and he looks at all of us and he goes, I said go. So we're like, oh, shit. So like you're literally there are multiple rooms throughout this experience and you go and watch different shit 
happen, right? So me and Dustin are kind of like standing around like, what do we do? What should we watch? So we go back into what was the dining room and they turned it around into like a throne room. And this one vampire grabs a girl out of the audience, sits her on the stage, and he basically does everything but bite her, you know? He like... She's fully clothed. He doesn't touch her at all, but it's all very suggestive and very much like, you know, caressing the leg and like getting my face really close to your neck and like all very sensual kind of stuff. So we watched that happen. We also watched a kind of Real Housewives of Transylvania moment where Dracula and his bride were mad at the new guy um, for turning someone and blah, blah. Like your, your, your new vampire boyfriend is like running a fucking muck, you know, that kind of thing. Um... Then we walked into a room that was basically a dungeon and we watched a vampire basically get, you know, double teamed by two, two other vampire guys. Um, so that was fun. And then the next time, cause they left her laying on the table, right? Like when they were done pantomiming sexual encounter and vampirism, um, they left her on the table. So then another girl came in and like banged on the table and like woke her up and then she ran out of the room. Right. So then they put like a fake human heart on the table in this dungeon thing. And we're all watching from behind the bars. Right. So then the vampires in the cage go up to the bars and start pacing back and forth. And they sent Dustin. So they come around the bars, grab Dustin, bring him around into the dungeon, sit him on the table and the, the one guy and two girls, one guy grabs him by the shoulders and just makes sure he stays seated and doesn't move. And the other girls just like grab his arms and just hold them out. And as slowly as you can think of, they were just slowly running their hands and fingers up and down his arms over and over and over again, slowly touching his face, just a light act of seduction, I guess. And then they like pretended to fight over him for a second and then the fighting over him got a little too heated they got upset quote unquote and then they left him on the table so to like go fight about it i don't know but it was all very very sensual very arousing very very hot and heavy so we go back out we get a drink I'm like, where should we go next, right? And then suddenly I feel a hand grab my hand. And I'm like, oh God, it's happening. So a vampire, this gorgeous melanin queen, grabs me and pulls me into what looks like, I don't know, like an atrium or something like that. I don't know. They, it was like a, like an atrium area and there was a slat, like just like an elevated concrete slab, right? And there is this gorgeous hot Twinkie boy just like writhing around, you know, on the fully clothed, but like with a, they're in like corsets and like, you know, vampire, vampiric kind of themed outfits. <laughs> so, oh my God, I'm so glad I'm telling you guys about this. It was wild. So, um, she pulls me into a room. Dustin follows. Apparently, Dustin said that the other girl, because there was two girls, one grabbed my hand and pulled me, and the other one pushed Dustin behind me and was like, oh, you're following him, you know? So they pushed me and Dustin into a room with no one else in it, and there is a gorgeous man writhing on this, like, concrete slab um, on the, on, in like an atrium or something. I don't know. It looks like very outdoorsy kind of foliage, but like dungeony. I don't know. So, and he just looks like he's just been bit or something and he's slowly turning into a vampire. I don't know. But, um, 
But we're sitting there and all of a sudden the girls, they start like, quote unquote, torturing him. They spank him. Um, They like, you know, make him kiss their shoes and stuff. Like just really made a, a fucking bitch out of this guy in front of us. And me and Dustin are just standing there with our drinks, just like casually fucking watching. They spanked him. They had like a pantomimed threesome, like right in front of us. It was fucking everything. Um, so fun. And then they just kind of left him there and they just like left him there to, to, to raw. And then when they were done with him, they looked at us, the two girls looked at us and they like did a head jerk, like get the fuck out of here. And we were like standing there and she looked at me and she said, get out. And I was like, oh shit, my bad. Like you just wanted people to watch. You just wanted some voyeurism. That's fine. Um, so yeah, so then we, um, so those were the rooms that we have, there was an upstairs that we didn't go to, there were so many other rooms that we didn't see, but uh, when you're in one room, all you hear is like screaming from another room, because they're like pantomiming, biting each other, and having sex, and like, all of this stuff, and there's like, nudity, and like, they can touch you, and you know, you're not allowed to touch them, but if they touch you, you're allowed to participate, if they invite you to, and blah blah blah, so we stayed, um, so we stayed, you know, there's only so much time. So then we got called back to the ballroom and they close out the show and they do this like big thing and, and dance and all of that and everything. But the really, the coolest part about it was that you are physically traveling through it. You know, you start in the dining room and then you go into a main room. Um, and then you explore. And it's fascinating to watch the actors, um, go from scene to scene to scene. Because we watched two scenes happen in the dungeon, like in that dungeon with the bars where Dustin participated. We watched one girl seem to be in love with one vampire, and then another vampire came in and he hid, right? And then he like tried to bite the girl and then left her there to go get something, I guess, lube, I don't know. And then came back and saw the other guy with her, then it turned into a three-way, and then they all, le- and then the two guys left and left her on the table. Another girl came in, started her scene, grabbed Dustin, included him in the scene. It was just really, I wonder how the rehearsal process for something like that goes, you know? Do you, like, follow each other around and kind of do a round robin? Do you know your track is, like, I go through these rooms? Do you know what I mean? Because it can't be just, like, random. Imagine going to a room and being like, oh, someone's in here doing, you know, their own scene, right? See, I'm sure it's rehearsed and planned. It's like strip club. Yes, it's basically like strip strip club rules, but but way better. Yes. Um, but it's, it was very speak when spoken to. You're a submissive. Be quiet. Do what you're told. Um, that kind of thing. So, um but yeah, it was it was definitely an experience to have an actor, a vampire in the coven, grab you and like kind of choose you, I guess. It felt very personal. Like, this is my chance. I'm the main character. I'm in the show, too. You know, even though they just pulled you into a room to watch, it's like, hey, I feel like they want me to watch. You know, not just anybody. You want me here, you know? So it's got this really cool thing to it. So that's what we did last night. And we stayed for the after party that was in my Instagram story. There was fire. There was dancing. There was a lot of, uh, there was drag. It was really, really fun, really cool. The only issue is that I forgot to eat dinner, so my body's kind of mad at me today. But, but yeah, no, Nosferatu, very fucking cool. If you're in the Orlando area, check it out. Very fucking cool. We did the late show so we could do the after party. Um, and it's just very fun, very cool. 
nothing I've seen or done before. Highly recommend. Um, yeah, you're like walking through and there's just like, you're walking through their mausoleum. It's like sarcophaguses and coffins just stacked up on the walls and everything. Yeah, it was really fucking cool. So anyway, I wanted to share with you guys about that one. I know this episode has been a lot of me just kind of catching up and sharing with you guys, but we're going to get to some emails right now. As I said, don't forget, we're going to be capping this off in uh, in three, two more episodes. So this one and two more, we're going to be capping this season just so that I can, you know, focus on some other things, edit down instead of just keep adding um, all right, let's see here. We've got Michelle. Hi, Adam. I just turned 35 a month ago on September. I was not, um, it has not been great so far. I had COVID on my birthday, so I was unable to celebrate it. And the next week I was laid off from my job. I've been doing an okay job so far of staying positive and active without slipping into deep, uh, into too deep of a depression, but I'd like a reading to give me insight on what is coming next. Thank you. Absolutely, Michelle. First of all, 35, you learn a lot of stuff. You learn a lot of stuff about you, and I'm going to be honest with you. I understand how you feel about, like, having COVID on your birthday so you weren't able to celebrate it. Honey, you're 35. Grow the fuck up. It's just a day. You get to be 35 for a whole year. You get to celebrate being 35 for a whole year. It is just a day. Grow up, baby. Celebrating your birthday. You're 35. Come on now. Um, so that's one thing. And like, so I, and and trust me, I understand we got the pandemic for my birthday. Like we got the pandemic for my birthday when that started. So let's not take shit like that too personal is what I'm trying to say. You're not the only person that has COVID. COVID didn't pick you on your birthday. You could do it after, before, whatever, but it is easy to let the things pile up. And that's where I really sympathize. And I understand this is that like the piling up of things, it does kind of feel like one after the other. And it is really easy to let that eat you and kind of, you know, make you feel a certain way. So, um, unable to, uh, laid off from your job. Well, that just fucking sucks. That's what I'm saying. Like, let's not let this string of bad luck make you feel a certain way. Glad you're staying positive. I do think it's okay, though, that if you do want to slip into some of those feelings and acknowledge them, you're allowed. You should. Um, let's see here. Where's my deck? Oh, over here. Yeah, I have a rain check B-Day party. Yeah. But I just think that, like, at a certain age, we really shouldn't be like, my birthday is ruined. Like, I really don't think... You know what I mean? Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just being a cunt. I don't know. But, like, to me, it's, like, it's just a day, you know? Like, today's my anniversary. What are we doing? We're going to go out tonight like we always do. We're going to Horror Nights. We're going to have fun. And um, it's just a day. It's just another day to, you know, we went out last night to celebrate it. Do you know what I mean? Like, when you get, when you get to a certain age, you kind of have to, like, time is an illusion, I don't know. I hope that's not harsh. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Um, but let's see what I've got for you, my friend. Michelle. Yeah. Oh, honey. Your three-card spread is so linear, so obvious, so positive. Ten of Pentacles energy. Money comes from new opportunities that you take a leap of faith into. So if there's a job opportunity coming your way, or if you've got an opportunity or a new seed to be planted, an opportunity to make money, take it. Because apparently it's a leap of faith for you into some new abundance. So this is just a shitty moment. It's not a, it's not dictating how the year is going to go for you. Okay. 
She said, as I'm planning my 40th birthday party. Right, but you're planning it. You know what I'm saying? You're planning it. It's a party that you're planning. But if you were like, you know, oh, well, I got, and then I got COVID on my birthday. So like, you know, so that happens. Like, okay, and like, reschedule the party. It's fine. Celebrate your birthday, of course, but let's not be so, you know, let's not take hiccups on the day so personally is what I'm saying, you know? Like, if if people don't want to come to your, if people don't come to your 40th birthday party, you know? Oh, no. Like, oh, and you didn't come to my party. And it's like, well, and? I always had to share my birthdays with my sister, so I get that. 35 to 37 is a really weird time. I have the same birthday as a guy who wrote Alice in Wonderland, and it was published when he was 37. Very cool. I love that. Yeah, you had to share your birthdays with your sister. Listen, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm sure everybody's different. Maybe people had great birthdays, not great birthdays. I'm just saying, you know, it's not been great. I just turned 35. It's not been great so far. I had COVID on my birthday. That was a month ago. Do you know what I mean? That's what I'm getting at with this, is that, like, it was a month ago, and we're talking about a string of bad luck that started when you had COVID on your birthday. Like, don't carry that forward. So... Michelle, my love, new opportunities come your way. Take the leap of faith. Make some money. I like it. You got positive things coming your way, babe. All right, let's see what else. Hey, Madam Adam, happy Friday the 13th. Thank you for writing on that day. Very nice. I'm writing to express gratitude and to be considered for personal reading. I've been watching and listening to you for several months, and I'm drawn to how you connect with the universe and the advice of how you apply that to life practically. I have so much respect for you and your work. Thank you. The Libra reading this past Monday night, 10-9, resonated so much with me. Since it's Libra season and my birthday's tomorrow, I thought it might be the perfect time to reach out. Libra reading was all about taking action toward your creative passions and getting in touch with spirit through the process. This echoes everything I've been feeling intuitively, and I've been taking action on my entrepreneurial efforts. Trying to put doubt behind me and trust the universe. I'm also making big changes in other areas of my life. Overall, it is a really transformative time for me. In the last couple of years, it's been really ha- uh, The last couple of years have been really hard for me in my career relationship, and also my mom being diagnosed with terminal illness, and she has since passed on. Um, I feel like now things are finally aligning for me, and I'm stepping into my greater purpose. But of course, there are still doubts, fears, difficulties, etc. Any additional insight from spirit would be greatly appreciated. But even if I'm not chosen for a personal reading, I wanted you to know that you are a bright spot in this world for the work and the work you do is so impactful. Thank you for your authenticity and sharing gifts and talents. Much love, Sophie. Thank you. It's very kind of you. Love that. Let's see. Well, words are a big part of this. Oh my God, I'm dropping everything I touch. The words you use, journaling, video diary, something like that. We need a system of documentation if you will. We need a system of documentation. So it doesn't matter how you do it. Journal, video diary, voice memo. It doesn't matter. But we need to get some stuff out of you. Write some things down. Come up with some plans. Verbalize. Reflection. Seven of Pentacles. And uh, victory and travel. Very nice. So it seems as though you don't need much The only insight that I can give you today that I can see that you need is just to uh, actualize your experiences. Make sure that you're, you're 
oh, what's the word? Um, make sure that you are, are cataloging them, your experiences properly, so that you can realize that you're already doing a lot. Like you said, you feel like you you're on the right stuff, you know, that you're, um, things are aligning for you. So that's great. So words, ace of swords energy. We need some words with reflection. We need to look back, spend some time considering the past and how far you've come and talking about it or video diarying about it or voice memo journal, something. And then the chariot realize that you're already a work. In, you're not a work in progress. You're a success in progress. You're already doing it. You're already a success, babe. You're already further along than you give yourself credit for. So it sounds to me like we just need to put some stuff into practice. We just need some consistency. Yeah. Really simple. Say it out loud. Reflect. Realize you're already doing it. Yep. All right. Next. How much time do I have? Like 10 minutes. Cool. Um, hey, madam, madam, I hope that you're doing wonderfully. I absolutely adore your straight to the point attitude. I may not like the message, but you get what you need. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for being you. You are my teacher, my detox. Love that. At the last slide, you said you had to prioritize with modern meddling by capping it. And I thought, good for you, girl. It got me thinking I need to do the same with my cardomancy journey. Um, I know it's not the same as yours, but I just started started tarot, but was interested in every type of cardomancy. I bought so many tarot, oracle, Lenormen, and pink and gold playing cards and tarot book, Lenormen book and playing cards book. I know I should stick to one like tarot and learn. And when I get more confident about uh, Lenormen's or playing cards, uh, I've been trying to read about all three tarot, playing an oracle. It became too much reading. Three different books got a bit confusing. Yes. Um, I know my curiosity fell in the rabbit hole and I got, and got the best of me. Just love learning something that is mine and maybe it can be a tool to better my work. Working as a nurse, and don't get me wrong, I love my husband and I love my son with autism. I've never met a more pure soul in my life. I would love a general reading from you if you have time, Christina. Yes, absolutely. I agree with you, though, that it is important that you kind of stick to one thing and focus on that. Like, I'm not, like I said, that I'm not doing reversals this year. So come January, reversals are going to be back in the cards, going to be back in my readings. So, you know, slow and steady, one thing at a time. All right, let's see. Yeah, seven of swords energy. You're picking up too much shit. You kind of opened up all the jars and, and now we don't know what to do with them. Well, it seems as though you should be using cardomancy as a method of self-care and healing. So it's not just you learning it. It's not just, oh, you know what? I really want to learn Italian. We're not just doing that. We're, excuse me, we're, um, we're using it for a purpose. So... Uh, Seven of Swords energy, the image on the card is this person, you know, carrying too many things here on YouTube, I'll show you guys, carrying too many things, holding too much stuff at once, um, it looks like thievery, 
looks like theft. It looks like dishonesty. Um, so, but to me, for you in this, in this spread, in this context, you're just picking up too much stuff. And, you know, we want to, we want to be a spiritual person that reads cards. You want to be a, a card diviner. You want to be someone that is mystical and, and reads cards. And that's great, but we have to have a purpose for it. So it seems to me, though, Queen of Cups energy, self-care, Three of Swords energy, healing, disappointments. So if you don't use this properly, you're just going to get disappointed and frustrated and not want to do it anymore. So we need to use this, though, for your self-care. So I would start asking... Um, I would start asking yourself some questions. I would focus on one deck, one kind of cards that you want to learn, whatever you're more drawn to. Um, tarot was very popular. Lenormand or Lenormand is is not as common, and that's kind of why my interest is there, is that it's kind of a mix of Oracle and Tarot. Each card has definitions, but it is a bit more loose than Tarot is. Um so, but anyway, the your cardomancy should be used towards your healing, honey. It should be used towards your self-care. So I would ask myself questions like, how can I love myself today? Um, what is a lesson I can learn today for myself? You know, that kind of thing. I would make sure that the things that you're learning or using the cards for are in the vein of your healing and self-care. Okay? Very nice. All right, really quick. 56-year-old female, recent out of relationship, lives alone with no family, um, adopted and feels like I have fought to stay above water my entire life. Many blessings to you, Maria. All right, Maria, let's see what I've got here for you. I love the newspaper article style to that one. <laughs> 56-year-old female, recently out of relationship, living alone with no family, adopted, and feel like I have fought to stay above water my entire life. Well, Maria, we have to cut out that way of thinking, find a way to balance the water, and make sure that you're choosing for you. You've got a page of swords here, so we need to cut off an old way of thinking, speaking, behaving. We gotta, you gotta cut something off, my love. We gotta quit telling that story that way. We gotta let it go. You being adopted doesn't define you. It is an extra. It is just a thing. So we have to quit speaking negatively, you know? Not that you are all the time. And I'm not saying you don't get to be negative every now and then. But let's just be mindful of it and make sure that we're not making it a habit or a lifestyle. Temperance is present as well. So try to protect your peace. Be logical about how you feel realistic about what you can accomplish, try to juggle your feelings properly, and the lovers, it's about choices, it's about precipice, you decide, your life is your choice, so try to remember that you always have something that you can control, always, the lovers is the three voices, the active, passive, and the spiritual, spiritual is just that, active is external, passive is internal, so listen to those three voices, what do you know, what are your limits, and what does spirit say, and make your own choices, but you gotta, you gotta change the mindset somewhere, honey, okay, thank you so much, all right, well, I think that's the, uh, those are the emails that I've got today, Oh, here's one. 
Hi, Madam Adam. I've been watching you for the past few months and really enjoy your readings and personality. I love your knowledge when it comes to tarot. I recently have been becoming more spiritual. I've gotten more into tarot and oracle cards. I've always liked witchy things, but I was raised very religious and had a hard time getting over the trauma of thinking if I did anything wrong or did what I enjoyed, I end up burning in hell. I had to secretly watch shows I liked and music because I wasn't allowed because it wasn't allowed in our house. A couple years ago, my son was born with a major brain injury. He's doing great now, but at the time it was very scary. Since then, my anxiety and my self-doubt has increased significantly. I worry all the time that I'm not doing the best for him or worrying about what his future will look like and how others will treat him. I also have felt myself getting a little more negative just in general the past year or so. Just wondering what the cards you might pull considering the future or just in general. Thanks again for your time and videos. They have... They help whether you get this email or not. Have a wonderful day, Rachel. You're welcome, Rachel. Thank you so much. Um, babe, you're a good parent just for questioning yourself. Shitty parents don't ask. Good parents ask. They, they question. They wonder, am I doing this right? You know? Um, I think you're being a little hard on yourself, honey. I think you're allowed to be a little negative. I think you're allowed to be realistic of what's going on with you. Um, religious trauma, girl, preaching to the choir. <laughs> Let's see what I've got here for you today. Ooh, page of pentacles energy. Very nice. Leaps of faith. Yeah, four of cups energy as well. So page of pentacles energy is often about work acumen. It's about apprenticeship. It's about learning. Um, so learning about where you want to be, you know, where are people succeeding that you want to succeed? Who, who do you deem successful and what can you learn from them? Right. Then we take a leap of faith because if they can do it, why can't you? Right. That's the fool. And then the four of cups energy is just you being mindful of how far ahead of you, you, you might put other people, people that don't need it, people that don't deserve it, people that don't, that aren't your kid, you know? So get advice from people that are succeeding in ways you aspire to. Take constructive criticism about things happening right now. And then take a leap of faith. Just make sure you're not trying to make your journey easier for other people. You know what I'm saying? Don't make your journey easy for others. So if you have to, like, move on and do a new thing, you don't have to train your replacement. You don't have to. You know? You don't have to make your shit easier for others. All right. I think that's all the time we've got for reads today. But um, as I said, website, sign up for class this week. I'm very excited. We do have some friends coming in town. So the content is going to be a little off um, this week. Um, podcast, two more episodes after this one. Don't forget to write in if you would like. And um, yeah, that's really all I can think of today. Nothing else is really going on. The live schedule is going to be tweaked in November um, I'm working on a new subscriber thing, a once a month subscriber like tarot salon or something. We'll see. Anywho, thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you. Thank you guys for joining me live. Don't forget to stick around for the after party and don't forget to go out there on Clench Your Jaw. Don't take life too seriously. And as always, fuck it up, my friend. <laughs>